0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service.
1: Today, you'll hear the word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today.
0: We are in our summer series looking at the book of Acts. And the scriptures today take us to a nice, quaint little town called Lystra. Lystra. So I'll be reading from Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 18. As I read the scriptures, I invite you to hear the word of God. In Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. And Paul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice Stand upright on your feet and the man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. When the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, They tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news, that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways. Yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And please join me in prayer. Lord, as we gather here this morning, we ask that you would speak to us. Lord, deepen in us our assurance that you are good. Deepen in us our assurance that you are kind. Deepen in us our assurance that you care. Lord, help us to trust in you. And through this scripture passage, Lord, and through this speech that Paul and Barnabas gave, help us to understand how we can teach others the truth that you care, that you are kind. Help us to express your concern for this world to others, Lord. Teach each and every one of us that now, Lord. We thank you. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the book of Acts, one of the main things that drives the action of this book is the speeches that you'll find. Throughout the book of Acts, numerous of Jesus' followers give these speeches. And most of these speeches follow a fairly set pattern. They'll talk about Israel and God's covenant relationship with Israel, they'll talk about the Messiah, the Christ nearly all of them mention Jesus' name. And then they talk about the resurrection. Whether it's Paul, Peter, Stephen, any of the followers of Jesus in the book of Acts, this is the normal flow of a speech in the book of Acts. It's really a standard gospel presentation. But that pattern of the speeches in the book of Acts, it makes the speech in Lystra stand out. This speech that the apostles gave It's different than this normal pattern. I'm going to read it one more time here, what Paul and Barnabas say there as all the Lystrans are surrounding them. They say, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news, that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways. Yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. The first time you read it, you may not have realized what was actually missing from it. But reading it again, Jesus's name isn't there. Israel isn't there. The covenant, the Messiah, resurrection. None of the things that to me are central to the gospel story are there in this speech. Instead, what do we get? We get some kind of vague pronouncement of God, that God is the creator. But then Paul and Barnabas, they just focus on what God has already done for the Lystrands. The good things God has done. The kind things God has done. The fact that God brings rain from heaven so that they can have fruitful seasons, so that they can have food. And that God wants to put heart or joy in their hearts. It's a really basic Vague message that leaves out the critical pieces of the gospel. In order to understand why Paul and Barnabas chose this speech for the Lystrians, I think we have to look a little more closely at Lystra. And one thing that I'm wondering too, with the story in general, how many of you have heard this story before? Great show of hands. Okay, so about half have heard this story at some point. It's a pretty wild story. I think it's one of the funniest stories in all of scripture, in my opinion. It starts off with the normal pattern. In fact, the writer of the book of Acts, who is Luke, who also wrote the gospel of Luke, is trying to put Paul inside of a normal pattern. There's that line in there where it says, Paul looks at this man who can't walk and he stared at him intensely or intently. That same exact line, word for word in the Greek, shows up at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, and it's used to talk about Jesus. One of the healings that Jesus performs beforehand, he stares at the person intently. And then, at the beginning of the book of Acts, Peter does the same exact thing. There's somebody who needs to be healed, and Peter stares at him intently. And then it happens here, word for word again, with Paul. The writer of the book of Acts is trying to help us understand Paul is like Jesus and like Peter. There's continuity there. They're similar to each other. So Paul performs this healing, and from that point on, everything goes off the rails entirely, and it is a very different story than the other ones that we see. The people in Lystra, they claim that Barnabas is Zeus, and Paul is Hermes, and they're Greek gods. And I have to say, if I'm Paul, I'm a little offended because why can't I be Zeus, right? But they start offering sacrifices. Even the priest of the temple of Zeus from outside of the town comes running in to offer sacrifices. There's a big hoopla here. And the story to me is even funnier because it says that they're yelling all this in the Lyconian language, which means Paul and Barnabas would have been standing there for a while, having no idea what was going on. They would have had to figure this out as it's developing because they don't speak the Lyconian dialect or language. You can almost see their faces at first feeling encouraged, then wondering what exactly is going on, then saying this is a little intense. And then once they realize that they think that they're gods, tearing their clothes and being aghast at this. Lystra is an interesting town. It's different than a lot of the other cities that the apostles will go to in the book of Acts. Lystra would basically be what is now south-central Turkey on a map. And Lystra did not have the best reputation in the ancient world. It was not really a city to speak of. It was more of a town. And the people there were not known for being sophisticated or savvy. There was a reputation they had of being Being relatively uneducated. One ancient author refers to the people of Lystra as mountain dwellers, which is another way of saying this is some backwoods folks. That's basically what they were saying. It's the way we might think of people from, I don't know, Riverside, maybe. I'm kidding, my wife is from Riverside. My wife is from Riverside. But it's those kinds of jokes that people would make about the folk from Lystra, looking down on them, thinking that they're superstitious thinking that they're uneducated. So when you read this story at first glance, you could think that the writer of Acts, Luke, is just playing into that. He's just highlighting how these Lystrans are so superstitious because they thought Paul and Barnabas were gods. But the book of Acts never looks down on the people the apostles interact with. In the book of Acts, everyone they come into contact with is somebody that God loves somebody that they want them to hear the gospel. It's somebody for them to reach and to care for. And then when you look at Paul's speech, it doesn't make sense that Paul would be reminding these people that if the book of Acts wanted to look down on them, be reminding them of how good God was to them, that they've already experienced God's care. It doesn't make sense to just look down on the Lystrans the way the rest of the ancient world did. That's not the point of this story. And I think if we were to just laugh at the Lystrans and say they're superstitious and they don't know what they're talking about, we miss the fact that more than we might want to acknowledge, we are very similar to the Lystrans. And the problem that they are experiencing here is not one of being uneducated. It's not one of being people that we should look down on. It's a human problem. This is something that we all experience from time to time, what they are doing in this moment, if we're honest with ourselves. Because one of the things about Lystra that's very important for this story that you don't get in the Bible, we have to look at history to understand the setting here in Lystra, is that a hundred years earlier, a Roman poet named Ovid had written a poem and a story about Lystra. And in this story, Greek gods come to town. In fact, specifically, Zeus and Hermes show up in Lystra. And in this story, nobody in the town shows them any hospitality. Nobody feeds them. Nobody takes them in. Nobody offers them hospitality. And in the ancient world, hospitality was one of the highest values. So, what do Zeus and Hermes do? Well, eventually they find one elderly couple who takes them in. One couple is willing to show them hospitality, they praise this couple. They reveal themselves as gods. They give this couple gifts. And then they step outside of that couple's home and they destroy everybody else in the town. We tend to think of God as being good. And if somebody praises a god, we think that they want to follow and serve that god. That wasn't how the ancient world worked. In the ancient world, the gods were not good. They were basically elevated human beings who had powers that were greater than ours and who lived longer than we did, and they would torture people. They would play pranks on people. Humans were basically their toy things. So if you were offering a sacrifice to a god, you weren't doing it because you loved and were devoted to that god and wanted to serve them. More often than not, you were doing it so that that god would simply leave you alone and go away. People attached natural disasters to the gods. So when the Lystrans are rushing to Paul and Barnabas, thinking that they're Zeus and Hermes, it's out of fear. It's out of the fact that to them, this story wasn't just a story. It would have been a hundred years. They would have been raised on this. They would have thought, this is what the gods do, and we don't want to be destroyed. It would have been a fear that they had been living with, a fear that may have been manipulated at times. So in that moment, They're turning to two human beings to ward off any problems, to solve the issues in their lives. That's where I say, we all do this. This is a human problem. Every single one of us has fears. The reason idolatry exists, why do we create gods? We create gods because of fears. And we may not call the idols in our lives gods, but nonetheless, every single one of us at some point has had a fear we held, had somebody else promise us they could fix it, and we probably believed them. At some point, we've all placed our trust in other human beings to fix our problems. We've all projected that onto other people. And in the world we live in today, we have to acknowledge fears are manipulated. So much of the media that we all consume, so much of the news that we turn to, when you flip on the internet, so much of it is intentionally designed to elevate fears, to have it be that fear is what is driving us. So much of that is just the way our life works. And it gets to the point where fear becomes what defines us. Now, I want to be very clear. There are some things to be afraid of. There are some things in this world that are genuinely scary. Things we should be concerned about and cautious with. But far too often, people will take those legitimate fears and they will amplify them. They will elevate them. They will redirect them into something that isn't actually reasonable. And if we're really honest, most of us, if not all of us, at some point we've flirted with some sort of conspiracy theory that deep down we knew it's probably not accurate, but it lines up with what we already believe. So let's just go along with it. That's essentially what's happening with the Lystrans here. They're embracing a story that isn't actually true, that they have been taught over and over again. And that story, that fear, it is driving them to put all of their hopes on two human beings who are standing there in front of them. Now, obviously, Paul and Barnabas deflect this. They say, no, we are just mortals. Don't think that we are the ones who are going to save you or harm you, or don't think that we are any different than you are. Sadly, in our world, far too few leaders respond the way Paul and Barnabas do. Again, we may not call them idols, but we have leaders, politicians, business people, celebrities, artists, people that without realizing it, we begin to elevate them. We begin to think that they're going to solve our problems. And far too often, they lead us to believe they are actually the ones who are going to fix all of our problems. They start trying to tell us that they're the ones and they alone are the ones who can lead us to where we want to go. That they are the ones who can actually fix what is broken in our lives. They pull all the glory to themselves and we willingly give it to them. We lift them up. We elevate them. This is a human problem. This is something that just happens for us as human beings. But Paul and Barnabas respond differently. Paul and Barnabas respond with this vague speech that I read for you. And in that moment, they take any sort of glory, anything that the Lystrans are putting on them, they redirect it. They point towards God. They pull people towards God. We don't have enough leaders in our world doing that today. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking here about trusting an expert who knows more than us in a certain area. There are people who are very knowledgeable that we should listen to. But it's when people, when leaders, start to elevate themselves as the person who is going to fix our problems, as the one who is going to take care of everything, that's when they are setting themselves up as an idol, maybe with not even knowing it, and that's when we set them up as an idol. But Paul and Barnabas go a completely different route. And there's a lesson for us in that. I'm going to read Paul and Barnabas' speech here one more time. They say, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways. Yet he has not left himself without a witness to doing good giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Place yourselves in the sandals of the people in Lystra. Place yourselves in that moment. They are afraid. They are afraid because they think these gods are here and they're going to destroy everything. So what do Paul and Barnabas do? instead of playing on that fear, instead of lifting it up, instead of using it for their own advantage, instead of taking over the entire town as gods, they remind them that God is good. And what better message for people who are captured by fear than the reminder that God is good. That God is the maker of heaven and earth. But not only that, that the maker of heaven and earth actually cares about you. That the maker of heaven and earth actually loves you. That the good things in your life that you've experienced, rain from heaven to give you crops, food on your table to sustain you, all of that comes from God. And this maker of heaven and earth wants you to have joy in your heart. Wants that joy to replace fear. If somebody is terrified, that can be the reminder that they need. If somebody is captured by fear, if it's defining their lives, the reminder that God is good, that God loves this world, that God is working to restore and recreate it, that's the reminder people need to hear. So this story is not looking down on the life strands. This is a story that is reminding each and every one of us of the goodness of God, of the fact that we can trust God, No human being is going to fix all of your problems. And if anybody ever promises you that or tries to lift themselves up like that, kick them out of your life. Maybe not entirely, but you know what I mean. Don't listen to them. And that includes me as well. If I ever get to a point where I start telling you all that I've got it figured out, that I know all the answers to your questions and that I can guide your life perfectly, stop listening to me. Go to another church. Fire me. Kick me out. Same thing for Pastor Jonathan as well. Okay? And you too, Ryan. Anyone who is in a leadership position, if they aren't pointing to God and if they're not giving God the glory, then just walk away. If they're trying to raise up your fears, if they're trying to make you feel insecure, they're trying to make you feel like they're the only ones who can solve your problems, run away. And in those moments where fear is taking you over, where you start feeling like fear is defining you, Remember that God is good. Remember that God cares for you, that the good things in your life come from God. And though it may not seem like that because there are real challenges in this world, God is working to redeem all the broken things in life and that in our Lord Jesus, death has been overcome as well. And when you come across people who are captured by fear, don't look down on them. Don't mock them. Remind them that God is good also deepen their trust in God so that fear won't be what defines them, but hope will be underneath that fear, growing up, pushing it out, and eventually joy will be in their hearts too. That's why Paul and Barnabas give us this pretty vague speech because that's exactly what the Lystrians needed to hear. And it's what many people in our world need to hear as well. God is good. And may we trust in that. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this speech from Paul and Barnabas. We thank you for your goodness reflected in this speech. We thank you that the word the Lystrans needed to hear was given to them that day. Though it may not be exactly how we think the gospel should be presented today, Lord, remind us that your Holy Spirit knows best how the gospel should be presented. And in that moment, Paul and Barnabas knew how to present the good news in a way the Lystrains would hear it, and in a way that the Lystrains would be able to see you for who you are, for the good, loving, kind, caring God that you are. So help us to proclaim that message as well. And as we go to take our offering now, bless this offering. Bless it so that we can be a community that points people to your goodness, that points people to your kindness, that reminds them that you care for them, that you love them, and the good things in their lives come from you. Lord, help us to be such a church and use this offering towards that end. We thank you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
1: will bow down Oh And every chain will break His broken hearts declare His praise For who can stop the Lord flowing down at the